I walked in, married three kids, really enjoyed the majority of my job, all those things, had been there for two years, had been volunteering with the organization for about, at that point, about eight years. So we were not strangers to this organization at all. I walked out three hours later with about two inches of snow on the ground, totally unemployed. Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever. Stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk. But to win big, you've got to reduce it. Today's episode is sponsored by the Valuation Masterclass Online, the complete proven step-by-step -step online course to guide you from novice to valuation expert. Podcast listeners can claim your amazing 35% discount by going to myworstinvestmentever.com slash deals. My name is Andrew Stotts from A. Stotts Investment Research, and I'm here with featured guest Scott B.B. Scott, are you ready to rock? I'm ready to rock, Andrew. That's exciting, man. Thanks for having me. I, I'm very happy to have you on, and I've really enjoyed our, uh, our talk we've just had, and it's going to be exciting to bring you to the audience. So let me introduce you to the audience. Scott Beebe is the founder and head coach of MyBusinessOnPurpose.com and author of Let Your Business Burn. Stop putting out fires, discover purpose, and build a business that matters. Scott hosts the Business on Purpose podcast, sharing real stories about how he and team are working with business owners and their key leaders building systems, processes, and purpose using the Business on Purpose roadmap to liberate businesses from the chaos of working in their business and help them get their lives back. Love that. Love that. Scott, take a minute and fill in further tidbits about your life. Oh my gosh, Andrew, we have a great life. Honestly, I love talking about it. Ashley and I have been married at the time of this recording here in just a couple of months, it'll be 22 years. And we've got three not so little tykes anymore for us. They're 19, 17, and 15 right now, a girl and, and two boys. And so we're in the midst of a unique global position right now. And so our college freshman, who's no longer a freshman as of last week, is at home. And so we're enjoying that time with her right now. But mm -hmm. we live in the low country of South Carolina. And we spend a lot of time on the water, as much time on the water as we possibly can is what we do when we're not liberating business owners from their chaos, which we're doing that a lot. But I will tell you this one thing about me that's probably not most important, but it is important is that Monday is my favorite day of the week. It is not a doldrum to me. I love Mondays, as you probably do as well, because it's the first day of the week we get to wake up and go do our mission, go liberate business owners from their chaos. Hashtag TGIM. That's what I <laughs> that's always <right>. use. <laughs> Well, I don't meet many people that feel the same way, and I feel the exact same way. I love Mondays, so that's fantastic. All right, well, now it's time to share your worst investment ever. And since no one ever, ever, ever goes into their worst investment thinking it will be, tell us a bit about the circumstances leading up to it, and then tell us your story. 2015, it was February 27th, I was in a boardroom in Dallas, Texas, in the mid-cities between Dallas and Fort Worth. And it was our fourth emergency board meeting. There were some things going on among the board, and I wasn't a board member. Uh, I was the, the international director, so my role directly reported to the board. But in the board meetings, I needed to be there. And so I'd walked into this room 9 a.m., and it had just started snowing in February of 2015 in the Dallas area. And 
I walked in, married three kids, really enjoyed the majority of my job. All those things had been there for two years, had been volunteering with the organization for about at that point, about eight years. So we had, we were not strangers to this organization at all. I walked out three hours later with about two inches of snow on the ground, totally unemployed. And I was just going, you got to be kidding me. And it was the loneliest flight back from the DFW airport back here to the low country flying to Savannah. And finally ended up walking in my, my house about one or two o'clock in the morning, just by myself. You know, everybody's asleep. I'd already informed my wife on everything. And so I said, just go to bed and we'll kind of deal with this in the morning. And so that was on a Friday. On that Monday, and it was situations totally out of my control. There was nothing I could do about it. And on that Monday, we had already started the Business on Purpose podcast because we just had this desire to help a lot of our friends around here, which we live in an area that there's a ton of business owners per capita in our local area because we live in a tourist area. And so there's a lot of service workers and a lot of retirees that we have to serve. And, and so I realized through conversation that many of these business owners were really, really struggling. Whereas outside you see their, their trucks and their cars driving down the road and you see their placards on the front of their buildings and you think, oh my gosh, she's killing it. You know, we say that about everybody. She's killing it. I see Andrew's podcast and the cool art. Now, man, Andrew's killing it. Well, and in most cases, what we find out is that now they're getting killed by their business <laughs> in many ways. And so on that Monday after the Friday, woke up, called two of my friends who knew what was going on. Both were business owners. And I called them. And with a little bit, probably too much chutzpah, I said, hey, I'm starting a business, a coaching business, and I want to coach both of you in your businesses. And I remember them both asking, man, that's awesome. We're so excited for you. What do you want us to coach us on? And I was like, well, and I'd had a background for years in vision, mission, values development, and those sorts of things for organizations. And so I said, let me ask you a question. If I asked you five years down the road where your business is going, could you tell me, could you give me any articulation? And they're like, no, like, why would we do that? And so we started that and that's where we launched was this idea of vision, mission, value. So we started building a business on purpose on March, 2015. And a few months in, we were growing with word of mouth locally, which was awesome. And then probably about six to nine months in, I was like, wow, we ought to maybe do some marketing, like, you know, real marketing and actually put some stuff out there. Well, what do we do with that? So we looked and we we're like, I guess Facebook ads. And so at that moment, Andrew, this is where my worst investment ever begins to start because I systematically began to take dollars. The comedian Jim Gaffigan's in my head right now because he's got this riff and he talks about Hot Pockets and he says the directions on the back of a Hot Pocket are take out of wrapper, insert directly in toilet. And so I got to thinking about the Facebook ads and I felt like I was taking money and just literally walking over to the toilet and just flushing it right down the toilet. And so... We started doing that and then we hooked up with this one guy who does Facebook ads and then another guy who does Facebook ads and then this lady who does Facebook ads. And we realized pretty quickly, Andrew, that the barrier to entry to open a Facebook ad marketing agency is not very high. And so we started to kind of go, wait a second. I, again, we just feel like we're walking to the toilet, but instead of us throwing the money down the toilet, we're giving it to somebody else first. They're keeping some of it and then they're throwing it down the toilet. And so we went through a couple of, I could bring Jesse, who's one of our teammates in, and she would rush, she's going to be here in just a little bit. 
she would roll her eyes the moment I said Facebook ads in front of her. Or if I said, hey, Jesse, I'm talking about Facebook ads right now, she'd be like, oh my gosh. And so we started down this path and Andrew, it has just, we're now a little over five years into our business. Just within the last three months, five years in, did we get our first Facebook lead. Now, in three months, we've probably gotten 150 or 160 since then. So we're working with somebody who's got us dialed in, but there was a whole lot more to it. So we have flushed thousands of dollars down the toilet of Facebook ads. And I would and say- And how did you keep going? You know, like at times you must have, was it that a new person came along and said, I can help you. Those guys don't know what they're doing. I got yeah, you. It's, I hate to call it snake oil sales, right? Like it's the, I'll never forget, we spent a lot of time in Nigeria. And in West African culture, they still have kind of traveling salespeople that, and in Nigeria, they have Nollywood, this huge movie industry. And so they'll sell dollar DVDs and they'll sell supplements and all these sorts of things. And I'll never forget, I was sitting one day just on the side of the road and me and a couple of buddies were sitting there. And this one guy comes walking down with a, a satchel and there's a car following him with a loudspeaker on the top of the car and they're, and they're speaking their local dialect. So it's just, it just sounds like just noise. And all of a sudden this guy comes up to us and I used to work for Pfizer, by the way, so I can tell this story because I sold Viagra when I worked for Pfizer. So you can kind of see where the story's going. So this guy walks up to us and hands us a packet. It looks like a homemade little packet. Like you put plant seeds in or something. And he hands us the packet. And we look at the packet. It's got a drawing on it, a hand drawing of a man who has enjoyed the privilege of whatever's in this packet. And we're like, oh my gosh. And so it made me realize that every time a Facebook ad person came along, it was that kind of false hope. I mean, we all know if you took what was in that packet, nothing's going to happen, at least nothing good. There may be some yeah. bad things that happened, but what we realized is we were kind of putting our trust just in the hope of that person instead of locking ourselves into what we preach, which was systems, methodical writing things down, going back and back and back and doing the same things over again. And so, yeah, we have flushed so much down the if, Facebook toilet. If you were to add it up and think about it, about how much money you've spent over that period of time, how significant is it? Yeah. So for us, it's significant. For other people, they might spend this in a week. But for us, it was probably about twenty-five dollars to $30,000 over those few year periods. That's significant. Again, yeah. When you're a business like us, I mean, that can be a substantial part of your revenue that you're starting to look down. And so mm. here's what's interesting, Andrew, about our world is in the world of coaching or anything that has to do where people look at it and go, man, high margin. And so let's say you charge 1500 bucks a month for a coaching engagement or something like that. People would go, man, you're killing it. You're making 1500 bucks a month. You're like, well, but you know, I've got to pay taxes and I've got to pay other people to help me do other things. And I've got to pay subscriptions and on and on and on and on. And what we rarely realize, and this is in all business, is that the margin is what you live on. Everything else is what it takes to operate the beast, to operate yep. the machine. And so these Facebook ads were part of what the beast was eating. And we needed to make sure that we were optimizing that. And so we went back to the well. And Jesse and I agreed for one last show, we were going to give this a run. And so we've since turned our worst investment around a little bit. But anyway, well, we're still working on it. Let's talk about that. So let's talk about what, you know, what lessons that you learned. Obviously, you've learned a lot of lessons that you're implementing at this moment. 
to have more success on Facebook. But what, maybe it would be interesting to go back in time to think about, you know, what you learned from that, you know, few years. Because I can tell you, you're not alone with this story. Many of the listeners are tussling with Facebook. And for some people, they're not as kind as you. They think they're donating to Mark Zuckerberg, not yeah. flushing it down a toilet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So tell us yeah, a little bit about what did you learn from this experience? Mm, wow, there's, there's been a number of things that we've learned. I'll tell you the right out of the gate, Andrew, it's really tuning in and listening to your teammates. And so for us, Jesse is one of our teammates who really works with me a lot in this area. And I could see that there was angst with her. And what's crazy is it's not her money, right? She's a teammate. And so she receives a paycheck and all of that. And so it's not necessarily her money. It's the business's money, but she has such a tie to to what the business is doing into our mission of liberating other business owners from their chaos. She really owned it and she would say some things. Now she's got a S personality on the disc profile. So she's more reserved to bring tough things up, but she would say some things sometimes and I would need to really listen. And sometimes instead of listening, I would just go, well, let's just, let's just try this. Let's just try this. So that was one of the big things I learned was really drilling down and listening to your teammates Another element that we learned, and this is probably the biggest thing for us, Andrew, is we went into it where we would have our opening discussions with whoever was running our Facebook ads, and there was no master plan. There was a micro plan, and the micro plan was, hey, we're going to put this ad together with this offer and this copy and whatever, and this amount of money to it. And then when you walk down the line, you're like, okay, then what? Well, we'll deal with that when we come. We're like, okay, that doesn't sound right, but we'll, we'll go with that. And so we would start doing these things. And then unfortunately, we never got to have those discussions because literally zero leads, like zero, nothing for years. And so one of the things that we started to learn was, okay, before we ever pull the trigger on a Facebook ad, we're going to create everything from front to back, the whole, what people will call a funnel or a sequence mm -hmm. or a campaign or whatever. And so we would create that from front to back with our outcome on the end of it. And we would write everything down. One of our core values as a business is write it down. So we would draw it out. We would workflow it in kind of a, just a simple little visual map so that we could see everything. Then we would start plugging the parts and pieces in so that we could kind of unleash it all together to make sure that we had had everything. Mm. And so we started doing that back in November, November crickets, December crickets, January crickets, February for a day. It was crazy. It was like a faucet just got turned on and I can't explain why, but right now we get anywhere from about two to five or six kind of general leads to our email list a day. And so we're starting to learn some of those things down, but I don't think it's accidental that after we had mapped things out and had a written map for what things look like, that's when we could start doing that. And Zach Lush, the guy who runs our Facebook ads, can really dial things in based on the entire plan of what we're doing because it's written down. It's interesting because that's a lot of what you do with CEOs of their businesses mm -hmm. is teach them that, you know, it's worth the struggle in the beginning to get it all written down for the liberation that it provides or the output result that it provides. And yet for some reason you thought maybe that wasn't, you know, maybe there was an expert, a Facebook expert, and you just, you know, thought, no, no, we don't need to do that in this case. But in fact, maybe that's a core lesson is that, like you say, a master plan 
understand where you're really going with the whole thing rather than just the activities that you're doing every day. Yeah. Great learning. We preach all the time, Andrew, about vision. People ask us, hey, what's kind of the most important thing in business? Like if you had to boil it down to one key element, that's always a popular question to ask. Mm. What's the most important thing? And we'll tell people there is a most important thing in business. It's not your financial health. It's not making sure that you've got the right employees, all those. And and when we say that people are like, well, that's pretty important. Well, what we'll tell folks though is without a vision, people scatter. And so when we have no vision, scattering happens. And there's actually three versions to that proverb where there is no vision, people become detached. That's number one. The second is where there is no vision, people scatter, which makes sense because they're, they're detached. The third one is the harshest version. It says where there is no vision, people die. And you think about it, if you're out on the open ocean and you've got no vision of where you're going, eventually you're going to run out of gas. You run out of gas, you know, 400 miles offshore, there's not much hope for you unless somebody else comes along. And so having a mapped out vision, not only for Facebook ads, but also having a mapped out vision for the entire business is lifeblood. Like it's not optional. It's crucial. But it was weird for us that we didn't take the macro vision and boil that down to the micro. And I think that's what made it our worst investment ever is we didn't have a vision just for this local element of our Mm, business. Got it. So let me uh, share a few things that I take away. I mean, the first one I pulled out of that was the idea of is paying attention to your sounding board, like having some people around and observing their, you know, for one thing in my business nowadays, in the past, I would just take the initiative and do something. But now I go to my business partners and I say, this is my idea. And because I also realized that they're betting on me and I'm betting on them and we're betting on that we collectively will put our resources together in a right way that produces the maximum value. Mm -hmm. And I now always go and don't do anything significant without at least letting them know, hey, I'm thinking about this. And a lot of times, you know, it's, it's go ahead and do it. But another times it's like, well, have you thought about this and that and that? So the first thing I take away from that is the sounding board. I think the, the other thing is, you know, getting your, now you didn't talk much yet, and I know we talked briefly about this before, but, you know, getting your message clear too. Hmm. You know, any type of advertising and marketing that is not crystal clear as to the exact benefit, who it's for, how they benefit, what's the next step in the process for them if they're interested in going to that next step, and how do you put that very clearly in front of people? And I'd suspect, you know, I suspect that once you get that together with the overall master plan, then all of a sudden people pay attention because I don't pay attention to people that don't have a clear message to me about how you know, this is going to benefit me or my team or my this. So I think the other thing I take away from this is the idea of messaging. Mm. Any thoughts on those things? hundred percent. And it's something that we've had to start doing a better job of. And not only that, but trying to outsource some of our messaging and let other people look into the business and start writing things for us to help us out. Mm. And so having that perspective, we do a lot of question asking we look at a lot of our coaching clients as a laboratory as well. And so we take from that laboratory everything that we're looking for. In fact, when asked, who do you work with? Literally what we do is look back to who we are working with. And that kind of tells us 
who our target is to be able to shoot for. And so that's why we're abundantly clear that we work with business owners and their key leaders to help liberate them from the chaos of working in their business. We say it over and over and over again, because we're very defined. And if we drill it down even more, which we do, we typically work with business owners, 25 employees or fewer. Mm. And so we've got a very defined target. There's a couple of businesses that are outliers to that, but for the most part, that's kind of our sweet spot in what we do. And so having that target allows us to be able to use a certain verbiage. We had an opportunity about a month ago to bid a contract that a local municipality brought to us. And they said, hey, we want you to bid doing this work for a local business incubator. So we basically want to outsource your content and your coaches to come in and help us with the incubator. And at first I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. That's neat. We get to partner with our town. I know this guy and, and all that. And then the kind of the person who was leading it called and started telling me about their CV of how they had run multi-billion dollar organizations. And I was like, huh, all right, that's different. And so we started to talk about business incubation. And all of a sudden, I hear all this corporate verbiage start to come out. And I'm like, ooh, like there's no business owner that we work with here locally that would even understand what a KPI is. And I went and asked mm. after this conversation, I said, hey, if I say KPI, does that mean anything to you? And they're like, no, what is that? It's like key performance indicator. And they're like, oh yeah, I've heard that before, but not, not. And then we found out once we submitted the proposal that it needed to go to the board and then a subcommittee of the board. And I'm like, uh, eh, that didn't fit. Mm. And so that, that level of procurement bureaucracy and all of that kind of stuff, it's not bad. It's just not a fit for us because we're nimble. We've got mm. to remain nimble for what we do because we work directly with business owners, typically 25 employees or fewer. And that, that process helped refine why we do that. Right. It's because we don't have the patience for procurement channels at a corporate level in a multi-billion dollar organization. So I take away from that the idea of really niching down and say, who is your target? Mm. And recently I've been in the process of launching one of my online courses based upon a book that I wrote called How to Start building your wealth, investing in the stock market, targeting young people, you know, who, who could take advantage actually of a market that could be down a lot and have 30 to 40 years ahead of them. Mm. And, you know, I tried to target it in on, you know, young people between the age of 25 and 35 who have disposable income and know that they want to invest it. And they're beginners. They don't have an investment account open. Okay, so now I'm trying to narrow it down. And for the audience listening, the process of narrowing down can get really painful. And I think it's one of the things to do is that to identify your target market, but then try to move down into a persona. So I basically said, okay, this person's name is Olivia. Mm. She's 27. She hasn't opened an account. And basically, when she sees all of her friends are trading or they're talking about the stock market, she's seeing other people talk about the stock market. She just feels inferior. So eventually she sits down for three hours on a Saturday. She says, I'm going to figure this out. And at the end of the three hours, she's just overwhelmed, which I try to identify a feeling. Is it a little bit like what you said about what your mission is? And, you know, the idea is honing in on the number one problem and the number one feeling. And if we do that, then our messaging starts to really resonate yeah. because people, someone says, I, I have the same feeling as Olivia. Yeah. And then and well, that's, that's where our mission came from. We kept hearing that word chaos over and over and over again. I heard one lady put it this way. She said, I feel like we're throwing Hail Marys all day long. 
I was like, wow, that is, it's so vivid, you know, mm. so rich and so understandable. And when you tell another business owner, Hey, do you feel like you're throwing Hail Marys all day long in your business? They're like, Oh my gosh. Yes. You know, just chaos. And exactly. Drill down why. All right. So based on what you learned from that story and what you continue to learn, what one action would you recommend our listeners take to avoid suffering the same fate? And let's think of that man or woman out there that's just so excited that they're just about to start the journey of Facebook ads. Yeah, yeah. Andrew, I don't want to oversimplify it, but I do want to keep it incredibly simple. And that is, write it down. Write it down. Map this thing out. There's a reason, and I mentioned to you a story before we hit the record button, of a dear friend of mine and a, and a client of ours who had to go through this past weekend a really, really tough situation with a family member who is an alcoholic and is a mm. bad, in a bad place with alcohol, uh, just really destroying family and friendships and all those sorts of things. And so they had to go do an old school sit down intervention with the family members. And they had to kind of get everything just right and all of that. And I was so proud of him because he told all of his family members, he said, do not open your mouth unless you've got it written down. I want you to write down prepared statements and prepared ideas and thoughts before you come in there. And he got so much pushback, to, even to the point of the emotional, I've, I just, I just want to speak from my heart. <laughs> like, no, the heart does not know how to speak in moments like this. And so he was adamant, write it down. And he called me after they were done. And he was like, man, I cannot tell you the clarity that we had simply because we just wrote it down. And so whether it be doing things for Facebook ads or doing things at the most dire situation for family situations, write it down and map it out. Because when you write it down, now other people can run. Mm. There's a great Jewish quote. It says, write the vision down so that others who read it can run. And so we want to put other people in a position where they can run, Andrew, either towards the vision or maybe away from it. They may not identify with it, and that's yeah. okay. But once we have it written down, we've drawn a line in the sand, and it's a compassionate line in the sand that's serving other people. So now they have the choice to make. They've got an opportunity to make that choice to either come across the line or stay on that side of the line. Totally their choice, but it doesn't happen unless we write it down. Great stuff. And it brings me back to my experience with interventions, which I have been through many of them, but the first one I ever went to was on myself. So I know exactly what you're talking about. If you don't go into it in a structured way, it falls apart. And so that's a great, great example. All right. Last question. What's your number one goal for the next 12 months? I got it. We want to liberate a hundred business owners from chaos around the world. That's it. Boom. Now, my audience, a lot of my audience is in Asia, and let's say a business owner is here, and they say, you know, I want to learn more about what you do and, and understand more. What's the best way for them to start to get to know you? Is it the podcast? Is it your website? Is it a short course? What is, it, what is the best thing yeah. for them? Yeah, of course, our podcast, the business, or you just search My Business on Purpose podcast. That's a great way. We keep those snippets pretty short. Yep. We're about to add some more interview. We started with that five years ago with some interviews for about 70, 80 episodes. Mm. And now what we do is about eight to 10 minute short snips of things that we're seeing every week that yep. can really help people. But we're about to add some more interviews to that here coming up with our clients here in the next few months, which we're excited about. But also if you go to mybusinessonpurpose.com forward slash vision, okay. so mybusinessonpurpose.com forward slash vision, what we've put there is our entire vision tutorial. It's the exact tutorial we take our clients through. 
and the full unlocked vision story template. So you'll walk away if you're willing to invest 20 minutes in the tutorial and about another 45 minutes to an hour in writing your vision story, you will walk away with a two to six page vision articulation of your business. You're going to have more clarity than you've ever had in seven different categories in your business. If you'll just invest the time, we've invested all the work on the front end. So we've sweated on that end. Now, all you've got to do is put it on the back end and you'll have this incredible picture of your business. There's no strings attached. And how many thousands of dollars do we have to spend for that? Right, right. I mean, it's, it's all you got to do is go put your name and I think Jesse put it, your name and your email, mybusinessonpurpose.com forward slash vision. And it's just our gift. We want to be able to, we realize how, how hampered it makes people, how, how cringed up mm. it makes people when they don't have the clarity of their vision. So it's the least that we can do to offer that. Uh, Fantastic. Well, listeners, take advantage of that. It's right there at mybusinessonpurpose.com slash vision. I'll put it in the show notes also. Well, listeners, there you have it. Another story of loss to keep you winning. To find more stories like this one and previous episodes and resources to help you reduce your risk, go to myworstinvestmentever.com. As we end, Scott, I want to thank you again for coming on the show. I know it's painful talking about our losers, but our listeners are learning to win as a result. And I also want to congratulate you for being one of the brave ones who has turned your worst investment ever into your best teaching moment. Do you have any parting words for the audience? I do. We're in a unique time right now, Andrew, at the time of this recording. The world seems locked down and there's so much there. But here's what we keep preaching right now for the last two months. Work on the dock while the tide is out. Work on the dock while the tide is out. The tide is out right now. And we live in the low country of South Carolina. So our tides come in. Tomorrow is going to be a nine foot tide. So we have tidal swings of anywhere between seven and, and 10 feet every six hours, 12 minutes and 30 seconds. It's amazing how it operates. But the tide is out in our society right now. Economically, it's out socially. I mean, there's a lot of things. Work on the dock while the tide is out because when the tide's out, you can see so much more clearly. And so take advantage of this time. Beautiful. And I believe, I believe you have a podcast episode where you're talking about that. That's right. Also. That's so, right. yeah. And one of our architectural clients actually drew a handwritten drawing of a person working on the dock while the tide is out. It's amazing. So it's really taken root, but it's really true. There's yeah. so much clarity right now, even though there's a lot of pain mm. um, going yeah. around. So when everything's stripped away, when everything's yeah. stripped away. Well, that's a wrap. And another great story to help us create, grow, and most importantly, protect our well fellow risk takers. I'll see you on the upside.